You're listening to the Identity at the Center podcast. This is the show that talks about identity and access management and making sure you know who has access to what. Let's get started. Welcome to the Identity at the Center podcast. I'm Jeff and that's Jim. Hey, Jim. Hey, Jeff. How's it going? I'm pretty good. And about yourself? Hey, so far so good here in 2021. I mean, you know, the pandemic's still with us, but uh, I see good, good times ahead, man. Always, always stay optimistic. How about you? I say always, always the optimist, right? I mean, kind of hope that uh, at some point the the corner will turn here. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic as well. But I think we're still in for several more months of, um, uh, I guess, diligence. Yeah, due diligence and um, you know wearing masks and all that jazz. But I I will say this: so uh, when there's an opportunity to get the vaccine. I'm sure most of our listeners don't know my story, but I, I actually tested positive for COVID back in October. And then in January, my doctor sent me to get a test for the antibodies and tested negative. <laughs> so I had COVID supposedly, and I don't have the antibodies supposedly. So I'm just going under the assumption that I am, I am not protected. I mean, fortunately, with the way it hit me, at least the, the first time, assuming it actually did hit me, uh, wasn't that horrible but um it wasn't fun either so uh yeah if i well i'll wait my turn and when when my turn comes up then i'm gonna get it yeah i i remember that time it was daily check-ins how things going don't you die on me (laughs) (laughs) we got a podcast to do (laughs) we had a lot of work and a podcast to record right yeah exactly so you so potentially you had it but you got none of the benefits meaning the antibodies off of it so yeah uh as soon as vaccines available for us, you know, you know, go ahead and grab it. I'm, I'm, I'm all in for sure. <laughs> I'll take whatever I can get at this point. Yeah. Um, well, you didn't, you know, you don't, people don't tune into the identity center podcast for hard hitting medical news like that. You know, they, they tune into this for identity and access management in some way, shape or form. Um, I think today, you know, we were kind of talking with one of our old friends and he's going to be on the show with us. We're really kind of about talking about digital transformation and identity and access management. And you have to go way, 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 way back in the archives of our show, way back. I think it was, I think it was episode seven. Uh, Luis was with us and this was way back in the day when he was part of Identropy. And now he's part of ClearSky where he's the chief revenue officer. So I want to welcome Luis back to the show. How you doing, Luis? Doing great, Jeff. Hey, Jim, how are you guys doing? Good. I thought, I thought Jeff was going to say that we had Dr. Fauci, but uh, hey, man, you're still a really good guest. I'm just kidding. Well, it's great to be with you guys. Um, miss you. Miss you too, man. You're not the only one with a new company, you know. Uh, Jeff and I are as well. Uh, I'm not sure if we've even mentioned it on any of our other episodes, but uh, our new company, Protivity, uh, acquired Identropy at the end of 2020. And so we've been on this ride. We're recording on uh, January 27th, so almost a month. And how long has it been, Luis, now that you've been to Clear Sky? So I started at Clear Sky in April. Um, so it's, I mean, time flies, right? It's, if you think about it right now, it's January came and is almost gone. Um, I guess it's part of growing old. But yeah, it's been, it's been, it's coming up on a year. That's fantastic. Well, I mean, you've gone, you went from a pretty small company in Identity to a true startup. And what's that been like? I mean, you know, I'm sure, as with everything in life, there are, there are pros and cons. But 
What's it been like for you? What has it been a, a crazy ride? Yeah, it it sure has. I mean, so um, John Milburn, who ran One Identity, and uh, you know was with Questel. I worked with him while I was at Quest. He's our CEO, and I'll tell you because no, I've never worked for someone that can put so much pressure on me for selling, and yet keep such a great sense of humor. And he says, you know, when people ask, hey, how are you doing? He says, you know, we're at a startup. So every day's Friday. You know, you would think that everything's wonderful because you're at a technology startup um, headquartered in Silicon Valley in one of the fastest growing industries, you know, cybersecurity, identity management. But you realize how much effort that people put into these visionaries that found a company and then the people that that embrace them and and build it. It is a lot of work. I mean, I remember early on, John asked me, he goes, what do you want to do with APAC? And being the sales guy that I am, I said, you know, let's go for it, man. I mean, if we could get a couple of deals out there, that would be great. And we did. We have a very, very interesting reference account in Australia. Um, first deal that we've done with Accenture, which for us was, you know, really important. But I'm taking calls at 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night. And then getting up, you know, 6.37 in the morning and already have an inbox full of emails from um, the team in, in, in Europe. So it's, I'm not complaining. It's amazing. But, you know, hats off to all of those that have come and gone before us and, and that have succeeded in building a business, including Victor at Identropy and all the things you guys have done. And congratulations on the protivity thing, really. How's that going for you guys? Well, I'll go first. I mean, you know, I, I feel like from, from my seat, not much has changed. And I know that's probably not the shared seat of everybody, but at least I'm working with a lot of the customers that um, I worked with prior, either in a pre-sales or actually consulting way. And still working on, you know, kind of prod, tales of projects that, that started prior. Um, definitely, I mean, I see the, the uh, things that are that will change from kind of a corporate standpoint, you know, even though Identity wasn't a startup, it wasn't a very big company. So we didn't have like a, a different system for everything. And obviously with big companies, that's exactly how it is. Uh, but at least, you know, one of the great things I think is the opportunity that I'm seeing is that there are so many folks who are, you know, in other areas of information security or technology, um, or not even in technology, and it opens up doors for clients that, um, you know, I was always impressed when we were at Identity that we could be a, a small company that, you know, definitely wasn't a household name. And the, the household marquee brands that we would kind of, uh, you know, step into on a regular basis and, and could be consulting to household name kind of companies. And, you know, it just seems like those doors are opening even more at Protivity. So um, I'm excited about it because what I'd love to be able to do is uh, provide my experience and my advice, you know, in advisory services. I'd like to map that back to what advisory is. It's advice. And I'd like to be able to give that advice to um, as many folks as possible. That's why we do the podcast is to kind of get that information out there, but also work in kind of and uh, helping those clients be successful. And, you know, I think we're all trying to accomplish the same thing, which is stay one step ahead of um, 
the folks who are looking to pull off exploits and data breaches and things like that. We're also looking to create a better customer experience. Um, and that's why that's one of the things I love about information security is that it's it's kind of less guarded from the standpoint of you know everybody trying to get a competitive advantage. It's not really the competitive advantage of security. We're all trying to accomplish the same thing. And people, in my experience, have been pretty open to sharing their stories and sharing, you know, their methods to succeed. So what do you think, yeah. Jeff? Yeah, I would echo that. I mean, I think it's, you know, it's 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 always a change, right? When you go from a very small company to, you know, from 50 people to like 7,000, right? So, you know, navigating some of the processes around that. But at the end of the day, you know, the job is still the same. You know, it's like you said, it's providing advice, providing opinion. And I think it's a great job, right? You get basically, you're basically paid to provide an opinion. And we want to make that that opinion based on as much fact and real world experience as possible. And I think that's where um, where it makes it really easy for, you know, for, for yourself, me and the other members of our team, like Maida, uh, to be able to, to kind of do that. And, you know, I, I certainly was excited um, when, when I heard. And the reason for that is, you know, so first of all, just a little bit of background. I mean, um, not to make this about ClearSky, but for context, uh, ClearSky, um, we've developed an identity governance and administration tool natively on the ServiceNow platform. So fundamentally, we're a ServiceNow product, right? It's a ServiceNow user experience. And also for those that are integrating um, IGA using our product, you know, it's ServiceNow skills. And as I was building out the channel, um, a friend of mine at, at, at ServiceNow who manages their risk channel, so they're partners that do governance, risk, and compliance, she, uh, she pointed me to Protivity in Italy. And she said, Protivity in Italy is the one, one of the partners that is doing the best GRC work. So I immediately called those guys, tremendous about a, amount of ServiceNow experience. And, you know, when I heard that, that Identropy was becoming a part of Protivity, I called Victor up and I said, Vic, you know, we're really going to be able to do some great things now because identity is about process, right? Um, how do you automate access to applications or how do you govern that access? And if you think about it, it's all a process. And ServiceNow is about process automation, right? Making workflow better, making that user experience better. So if we take those identity processes and we move them onto the ServiceNow platform, the execution of that really is about ServiceNow resources. And the concept that you have an identity practitioner such as yourselves that understand how to ask the right questions, right? To understand the company's business process to optimize it. Then what you can do with, with the Protivity is you can lean on the ServiceNow bench to then automate what you guys are discovering and recommending. And, and I think that, that that's a value there that we see Protivity bringing to the identity space and complementing the skills that Identropy had. Thanks. And, um, you know, one thing that I've been thinking about is exactly that, that convergence of, you know, technology and, and business and, you know, what we're seeing over and over again with our, um, our clients is they're engaging these digital transformation efforts and identity is kind of right at the center of those digital transformation efforts. You can't get very far until you have control over, you know, that, that customer and the 360 degree view of the customer. But, 
you know, I've kind of had in my mind, um, you know, the digital transformation approach, there's kind of two, two bookends to it. There's the best of breed approach where you have a hundred different um, applications and you took the best application for each one of those functions and you're trying to pull them all together. And then there's the, the total opposite end, which is you say, this is the platform that we want to go on, whether it's Salesforce or ServiceNow or, you know, Microsoft or, or whatever. And that becomes what you build your application portfolio. And what I find probably the most is, is everyone somewhere in between, but they, they sort of trend one direction or the other. Um, wanted to get your thoughts on that. And then also just to mention, like, you know, I think the, when I first started hearing the digital transformation term and, and still where I hear it the most is around the customer IEM, but I think it's just as relevant for companies uh, transforming digitally internally as well. So talk a little bit about the digital transformation and kind of the, the service now as a platform approach and kind of where you guys fit into that. So I, I won't speak for every identity practitioner. I'll speak for myself and say that, you know, I've been in the identity governance space for 15 years and and whether we like it or not, we become very myopic, right? It's all about identity governance all day, all night, and that's it. Um, moving to Clear Sky, what I've come to realize is that there could be a different way to de define the value around IGA than the one I was accustomed to. I always told customers that identity governance was about two main value propositions. One was IT optimization, which would be through provisioning and the automation of granting of that access. And the other one would be enhanced security through governance, access reviews, et cetera. Well, Surface now has somewhat opened my eyes to the fact that if you look at those two value propositions, both of them are really about user experience. Whether I'm a new user, a new employee being onboarded and uh, ha having to gain access to systems, that process is a user experience, a new employee, new employee user experience, which is even more critical. Or whether I'm an employee where I'm reviewing access or I'm requesting access, that is also a user experience. And what ServiceNow's messaging and, and their value propositions of the market showed me is that user experience is about productivity and that user experience is really an enabling um, factor in a business. And that's what about what digital transformation is all about. Um, you know, what I'm learning is that companies as they digitally transform, what they're trying to do is change the way that they're dealing with customers and dealing with employees. And they're looking for ways to maximize those interactions. And once we start to think about identity in that capacity, right, and you start to think about the role that knowing who the user is, what they have access to, who they report to, when they gain those access, when they gain that access, those are things that can become a fundamental building block as you change the way you're interacting with employees and customers. Yeah, I think the user experience is something that you bring up that's always been near and dear to my heart. And, it, you know, I've been involved with Holy Wars on the inside <laughs> of an enterprise with what does that user experience look like? And a lot of times it revolves around access requests um, mm -hmm. because that's, the, that's kind of the front door for IAM for a lot of organizations 
um, and how people are going to consume those services. So it used to be, right, there's two choices. Either you put it in your IAM platform, or in this case, really what we're talking about specifically is identity governance platform, something like a SailPoint, a Savian, a Clear Sky, something along those lines, right? Um, or do you put it into the um, IT request uh, management platform, right? It, maybe it's Remedy or maybe it's ServiceNow, right? And that was always a struggle uh, internally as to who is going to be responsible for that. And there's, sometimes there's a lot of kingdom building that gets that takes place between different services, but is it, because it's pretty rare that your IT request tool is going to be run by the same people who are running your identity and access management tools. Um, so, you know, I used to be very much a proponent of put it in the IGA tool. That's what it's designed for. It has the workflows, it has the approval steps, et cetera. And that was probably true 10 years ago, maybe even longer. Um, but I think that products like ServiceNow and others have come along and greatly improved their user interfaces at this point, where there is a lot of feature parity and it, it makes sense now to consider just putting it into the IT request tool, which is, you know, obviously how ClearSky has, has positioned itself putting it in within the ServiceNow platform, which makes a lot of sense. So if you already have, um, you know, development capability and technical chops around your IT request tool, and you can put your access requests in there and it's in a manner that is good for the user from an experience perspective, um, and can be updated in a way where, you know, you don't have to worry about stale active directory groups, you know, showing up and people requesting things that, you know, probably don't exist anymore, anymore things like that, right? It's some, some sort of dynamic way to be able to keep that data updated, that it makes a lot of sense. Um, can you talk a little bit about what your experience has been um, taking into account, you know, that sort of internal struggle that has been one of the historical factors of, of a lot of request management processes? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it would make sense if you think about it, right? Access requests back in the day before the IGA platforms would have originated in that request system. And over time it specialized and it became independent. And most of our IGA use cases that are um, integrated uh, with an access request system, it, it's just that, right? It's like an ITSM integration. and. When I first started working with ClearSky and understanding the platform, I thought, great, you know, we have a better integration with ITSM because we're native. There's no need for, a, for an integration module. But what I've come to understand is that ServiceNow is much more than the leading, by far leading ITSM access service request product. Really what it is now, and under Bill McDermott, the new CEO, it's really a, a, an app engine, a digital transformation engine. So ClearSky IGA on the ServiceNow platform is really not about integration with ITSM, although that's there. It's really about enabling and powering the platform. And what I mean by that is that on that platform today, you're going to have products like C or processes that are being run, workloads like CMDB or GRC, which they call IRM, right? They have sec security operations products like vulnerability management products. They have cloud operation management products. They have asset management products. So what's missing? I mean, in my mind, a, a gaping hole would be 
you know, identity information, getting that identity information and making it available to those other processes that are being run. And GRC is probably the best example that I can think of. But not only that, making the data in those other products available to the IGA product. For instance, you know, before provisioning, I might go and check the CMDB um, before I make a, a, a workflow approval decision on whether the user should have uh, that access or not. So what's interesting is that the, the platform becomes increasingly more valuable as there are more and more processes being run on that platform. Luis, is, is identity governance in an ITSM system only for small and mid-sized businesses? Is it going to handle the complexity of a, of a large enterprise? Jim, that is to me the most surprising thing. And I'm, in the way you phrased that question was perfect is that when I first started looking at ClearSky, I thought, okay, great. This is going to be a mid-market, small enterprise product. You know, people that have been doing a greenfield, we're going to be able to be a little faster, a little cheaper, a little better because we're in the cloud, better workflow, et cetera. What I've come to learn is that most of the attention we're getting, thank goodness. I mean, this is like, you know, it changed, it added a zero to our business plan is from the large enterprise. And there are lots of different examples. Like right now we're engaged with a very large healthcare system and they have one of the legacy products, you know, and by legacy, I mean the old school IBM, CA, Oracle, et cetera, right? And all they want us to do, Jim, is request. They want us to take the entitlement catalog from that legacy system, move it up to the platform, and allow the users to re be able to request entitlements on the now platform and leave that legacy system in place to provision to Epic, which we all know how complicated that is. We have a very large bank that has one of, you know, I don't want to give away the bank if I say too much, but very large Oracle implementation, huge. Oracle is doing all of the provisioning. They're setting out now to tackle the governance aspect and we're doing that component. And then we just closed a very well-known hedge fund um, that had a very well-developed, and, you know, I, I hate to mention the product, but, you know, what the leading product that comes to mind um, the on-premise version, which is incredibly flexible. And they said, look, we're digitally transforming. We've got to move this to the cloud. The cloud product doesn't meet our needs. And um, we want this on service now. So, so yes, and that's really the most surprising. And, you know, I'll be the first to admit that we have some gaps, right? For instance, we, we have 20 connectors available today or 15 and 20. Competition has hundreds. Um, we're developing advanced functionality like segregation of duty rules. So we don't have everything that you would expect, but I'm surprised or people are surprised with how much we have. And that large enterprise looks at us and says, I can live with your gaps because this is a low code, no code platform, extremely flexible. So I can take the solution that you guys have built inside ServiceNow and build upon it. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. What's the driver that these, um, in your experience, the 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 customer base you're you're talking to, what is the driver for them? Is it enablement? Is it reducing costs? Is it something else? What, what do you think? I really think it's about. I hate to say it, right? Like that buzzword, digital transformation. Which let's start 
bringing that down. It's user experience. Is it the customer user experience? Is it the employee user experience? And break that down even further. That's productivity. That's becoming more competitive in the market. Um, you know, a lot of the analysts I'm talking to and also, you know, people on the SI side that have been doing this a long time, they say, look, IGA is long in the tooth, right? They killed the Gartner Magic Quadrant. We're now in the, whatever it is, the market guide because we've entered the plateau of productivity. And the SIs are saying to me, look, there is very little value add that we can bring beyond like application onboarding and adding a ton of connectors to bring a ton of applications into the fold. You guys are offering a ton of opportunity for us to innovate because now identity is on the platform and we can do use cases that span multiple products. We can add value that we couldn't before. And Jim, I think, you know, also to a degree from a selfish perspective for them, they are now going to be able to tap into budgets that are probably 10X an identity budget, right? Like if you, you go talk to a large bank or a large telco, you say, what's your identity and access management budget? And you say, what's your digital transformation budget? Mm -hmm. It's, it's significantly bigger. Yeah. You know what I always see with digital transformation is it starts by saying, wow, we've got all these, all this data about our customers. It's in all these different silos. We have to come up with a 360 degree view, another cliche, 360 view, degree view of our customer. Cliche, but it's, it's spot on, right? You, you really need, what, what's more annoying than when you go and do business with a company and they only, you know, it's like, okay, in this application, they only know part, part way about me. They don't know about my whole relationship. Well, pulling all that together requires taking those data silos and being able to say, all right, Jeff Stedman is these different identities across these different data silos and pull it together until you can get to the point where you can consolidate it. If you go to that platform strategy and succeed and move all the data and actually join all the data. But in the meantime, governance of the identity is kind of making that linkage. I would think that that's a, a really big selling point for you know the platform digital transformation, IGA sales strategy. I think that's huge. You know, I've got someone very close to me. He's CTO of a, a very large packaged goods company. And he said that their whole mission in life right now is to ethically acquire, you know, user data and user buying tendencies and, and how, they're, how they're doing things differently because they have this route to market, right? They have this relationship with retailers and with consumers. So now they're thinking because of the digital era we're in, how do we further capitalize on that mind share we have from the consumer and the retailer? What are other things that we can make better in their lives? What type of data or information can we make available to them that would make us the natural um, company for them to buy other goods and services and products from? We're seeing a transformation in fintech right? I think Amazon for me was the first that I saw that where I'm willing to pay more because Amazon's making the right recommendations, has all my credit cards on file, delivers in two days. Like I forget I bought something in the products at my house. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I think that's really what it's all about. And also Jim, the other trend, right, is cloud. So if you think about us, maybe 
you know, in, in like kind of crossing the chasm, we're in a fad. You know, the real smart people, the cool kids know we exist. And they're really interested in us. And, and thank goodness, you know, we're, we're, we're taking on a lot of momentum, but we're a fad within the trend of digital transformation, right? And also movement to cloud. And if you guys remember, right, the identity space where we always had legacy last mile connectors. Like, if you remember, man, we'd be like, I'd, I'd always say like, okay, cloud's great, but what about this stuff that's still on-prem legacy? And what I observed being an identity practitioner was, okay, well, people are moving to the cloud application by application. Salesforce, CRM. All right, well, let's get rid of these old servers. Let's go there. HR Workday, right? Let's get rid of these servers and move to Workday. And what I think the platform vendors today, like Microsoft, right? You know, or the app dev engines, which are Microsoft, Salesforce, ServiceNow, and OutSystems, which is a kind of a no-name one. But, you know, they're saying, move everything to me. Automate your processes on, on, our, on, on our platform. You could do it all here. And that way you have kind of lower costs across all your functions because it's all the same resources. And I think that plays into it with the general consolidation that we've been seeing in the IAM space with companies kind of spinning off different parts and being acquired by former competitors, things like that. I'm thinking of like CyberArk and Centrify and Adaptive, <laughs> for example. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, I think that consolidation is <clears throat> going to continue to happen, obviously. Um, one of the things I want to go back and touch on real quick is, you know, the, the mentioning of the silos of data, right? And that is a historical problem that is very difficult to solve for. And the further you kick that can down the curb, the harder it gets to fix. <laughs> so yeah, um, it, it also is a private, privacy concern for a lot of uh, folks now because of the potential types of data that could be stored and how it's used. And you've got things like uh, the California protection, uh, privacy protection, uh, you know, things like GDPR. And, you know, at some point, I would imagine in the US, at least there will probably be something very similar to GDPR um, coming along. And the way that um, companies and organizations are storing all that data across all of those silos has become very difficult to manage. So, it, the challenge from an IAM perspective there is how do you bridge those silos and get to that single source of truth and, you know, make the data available to the appropriate parties, you know, when it's needed for whatever, you know, purposes are, are being used, but also give the user or the customer or however you want to look at it, you know, the ability to manage their own data. I think that's going to be an interesting challenge for a lot of organizations that have not really had to deal with that yet but are absolutely going to have to at some point in the future. And by simplifying and reducing the number of disparate silos of identity data, it's going to make it a lot easier. So uh, I just kind of want to go back on that one real quick. And then, you know, I, I talked about that consolidation. I think you were kind of getting into it too with, uh, you know, these low code, no code solutions and, um, you know, people building processes on that and then having businesses and people within the business willing to adapt, right, their daily processes to be able to take advantage of those technologies. Because that's always one of the hardest things is, you know, change is hard, right? This is the way you've always done it. It's I've always, you know, sent a fax to somebody for some, some, some access or some, you know, request, and this is just the way we do it. And before that, it used to be, I used to stop by someone's desk, or maybe it's, you know, an instant message. And, and now it's this new way that is, you know, maybe more self-service. You know, I love the Amazon example because, you know, that in my mind is a great example of a user-friendly process, right? It just works. 
No one trained you how to use Amazon, right? You just went on, you bought the thing you needed and it was intuitive enough where you figured it out. And then, like you said, two days later, and maybe even earlier than that, <laughs> you know, yeah. the thing showed up at, at your door. <laughs> so I think there's a lot of opportunity to take that model and, um, you know, apply it to services from an IEM perspective. So when you were speaking, the question that came to my mind is like, does this remind you at all of when PCI regulation came about, remember? And it was this whole struggle for retailers and others to offboard all of that credit card information. Yep. Um, it almost could be that we're kind of seeing similar trends, which is, you know, are there easier ways for me to manage my data? Is the platform, this move towards the platform, a way to break down these silos. And, and honestly, Jeff, I'm not that smart. I'm not that close to digital transformation to be able to, to answer that question. But what I do know is that our process, which is access request, review and provisioning, is really, really benefits tremendously from being up there. And I think other processes that we're looking at, in fact, and I don't think IGA will be the only thing. Say, I, I know it won't. Um, you know, imagine Pam up on a ServiceNow platform, very close to ITSM, with the CMDB available. There's just a richness of information up there. It's interesting. I thought where you're going with that, Luis, was, you know, do companies are companies going to look for a way to offload identity like they did with the credit card data. And I think that would be to their detriment. I mean, I can look, I think the social login idea has a lot of benefit. And for some companies, maybe it makes a lot of sense. But and I think it's something like, you know, when Facebook acquired WhatsApp, when they paid some exorbitant amount of money, like $3 billion for an app, at least in the US that we weren't using that much wasn't that they're buying the technology. The technology was okay. It wasn't $3 billion worth of technology. It was all the identity data. Because once they knew once they had that identity data and they could apply their artificial intelligence to all the data they were collecting about people, they could make money off of that data. And I think that's what smart companies have to do. They have to be able to take identity data, apply you know, I'm calling it artificial intelligence is certainly the, the buzz term, but they've got to apply some intelligence around what people are all about in order to, you know, turn that into revenue in the future. Jim, you, you said it much better than I could have. You know, you just, you just nailed it. You just said, you know, companies need to take that identity data and wrap things around it like AI. Well, guess what's up on that platform? They have an AI module. Right, that identity data is up there. Can we do anything around vulnerability management with that data? Right, so it's just like a nexus of of processing and workloads and information. I mean, it's almost like I don't. I don't I'm not saying this is true, but it, thought came to mind right now. It's almost as if the centralization of these processes on a platform resembles mainframe. And if you remember the the decentralization off the mainframe to distributed. Maybe what we're seeing is a similar process to those platforms in the cloud. I wanted to ask a question to kind of wrap things up. You know, I've, I've been reflecting on the name of this podcast, Identity at the Center, and something I, I truly believe from an information security perspective, but I think it's also 
you know, I'm thinking about it today in terms of the digital transformation perspective. Identity truly is at the center from a security perspective. When you think about something like the concept of zero trust, which, you know, when zero trust first came out, I kind of thought, okay, this is kind of buzzy and things. And what about firewalls? And we've been talking to some folks and really, I just starting to understand that zero trust doesn't mean you don't need firewalls, right? It just means that you can't just rely on firewalls, right? And then when you when you break down that level of comfort that people on the outside of the firewall are, are outsiders and people on the inside are insiders and we can, you know, and certainly with the pandemic, we've seen that all fall to pieces. To me, you know, it's the identity and the identity control plane that really gives you your best sense of security. It's not DLP, it's not, um, you know, network intrusion prevention, things like that. It's identity and access management. Um, but also thinking from a digital transformation perspective and what we were talking about earlier, it's, you know, digital transformation means a whole bunch of different things to different people. It could be replatforming applications. It could be, coming up with new technology for master data management or customer data management. It can be all these things, but until you really have your arms around the identity of whoever it is, your customer, whether those are your employees or those are people buying your products. So you have your arms around them and understand relationships between them and, you know, where all your data is for that identity and you're able to pull it together. To me, you, you can't succeed in the digital transformation. So to me, it's just one more reason identity is at the center. I wanted to throw that out there and get your thoughts before we close it out. I love that concept of identity at the center, right? I mean, I think our team at Identropy, we, we, we did a lot of work around that. The question I have now is where's the center? Where do you want the center to be? And if you look at companies like Microsoft, right, and that's the first one that comes to mind, or Salesforce, or ServiceNow, where if you plot this trend out, let's assume that this trend is actually um, victorious, and organizations, instead of 200 vendors, have like three, four, five platform vendors, like pendulum swings all the way over to the other side from, from distributed and decentralized, that will be the center. And that's where you want identity, not on some authentication authorization platform or some convoluted, complicated cloud PAM platform or, or something like that. You want it at the center where most of your workloads are being processed. And that's what's so exciting, Jim, man. And that's why I'm happy to be where I'm at. And, and I'm so privileged to be speaking with you and Jeff and getting the band back together again, because I think the productivity thing for you guys is a similar trend. Now your identity expertise can be at the center of productivity, which has much more reach, much more breadth, and can provide much more value to, to your customers. So congratulations. Well, thank you, man. I think, that, I think that is the opportunity. And when I think about this industry, and I've been in this industry since 03, it's funny that well, some of the folks that we've had on the podcast were stars in the industry back in 2003. Uh, so 2003 sounds like a lot, but it's, it's really not. But the thing is, I think, you know, identity for some people becomes a stop along the way. And to be able to have stayed in this industry for as long as we have and kind of see it grow and 
and Port 2 have survived, right? When I first got into IT, I was real into network computing and setting up servers and things like that. And to me, that that's still happening, but you know, a lot of that just get, at the enterprise level just gets outsourced. Identity is still kind of so crucial to the business that I don't see it going away as in terms of being a discipline that uh, is really important. And to your point now, in a bigger organization where there's so much of a focus on security and privacy, kind of the epicenter of all that, it, it still ties back to identity. So it just creates more additional opportunity. Amen. You know, and it's like, we didn't pick the identity life. The identity life picked us. And I sure am grateful for it, guys. I think that's a common theme that we've, we, you know, we, we've asked everyone who's come on the show, you know, did, did it pick you or did you pick it? And I don't know, I don't have official numbers, but I'm going to say at least 90% <laughs> have come through and said, you know, identity picked them and, uh, you know, I'll go with it too. And I think, you know, before we close out here, identity at the center, I think you can be at the center of whatever you want it to be. I think it's flexible enough that depending on the use case, depending on the problem you're trying to solve, that there's enough flexibility there to be able to work it in some way. I, I just came up with a new tagline, identity everywhere. Identity everywhere. How's that? That no. sounds like a real nightmare for somebody who is in the identity field. <laughs> That's right. Sorry, I take it back. That's why you guys are the advisors. But guys, again, man, thank you guys so much for inviting me. It's just, I, I love the conversation. I, um so, so thanks for giving me that opportunity. Yeah, so just, you know, talking I am amongst old friends. You know, hopefully at some point we'll be back in, in Vegas enjoying a nice cut of Wagyu steak. <laughs> I think it's the last time I saw you back at the yeah. end of uh, 2019, I guess it would have been for Gartner. Yeah. So uh, hopefully we'll get back together at some point. Uh, before we uh, close things out, any uh, final words of wisdom from you, Luis? Oh, my gosh. Absolutely not. But I, I hope I hope there was some value um, definitely for me, you know, catching up with old friends was valuable. So, so again, signing off. Thanks. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, Luis. Jim, anything you want to close with? Uh, well, you got me thinking about Wagyu steak and <laughs> I will say Wagyu steak on somebody else's credit card is better than Wagyu steak on my own credit card. I will say that, wow, we had some really good steaks in, in Vegas at the 2019 Gartner IAM summit. Um, but like I always close out with Jeff, I mean, we uh, are honored to have the listeners that we have uh, and want to connect with them. And uh, I say the best way to do that, at least for me, is on LinkedIn. So if you listen to the show and you're interested in connecting and networking, just go ahead and send me a connection and I'll be uh, thrilled to accept it and respond back to you. Yeah, same here. I, I'm always happy to connect with folks who are listening and just in the identity space in general and just, you know, talk. I'll throw uh, our our LinkedIn connection information into the show notes and we'll put links there for, for Luis and for ClearSky as well so you guys can check them out. And uh, I think with that, we're going to go ahead and close it out for this week. Uh, appreciate everyone listening and we'll talk with y'all on the next one. Thanks for listening to the Identity at the Center podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe and visit us on the web at identityatthecenter.com.